0: You are listening to the sweet sounds of the creative curmudgeon, the podcast that offers the final word in creativity and all matters relating to it. And I am currently speaking with Neil Burke, musician that has been involved in such projects as Men's Recovery Project, Sinking Body, Life's Blood, and Landed. He's also a visual artist. has done album art for a ton of bands, and has done a ton of art unrelated to bands. And is there anything else that you think that I should that I should say right now about you?
1: Uh, that that encompasses my my artistic side. You know, I also like to build things and uh, and cook, and uh, you know, so those those are other things as well. So,
0: what? artistically have you been working on these days
1: artistically uh well uh i did go through a period where i didn't do a whole lot of anything um but i've been a little active lately i just did a record cover for planet b which mm-hmm. is uh jp from the locust and uh that's going to be i think they're announcing that december 1st so i can talk about it now that's awesome I did that, and uh i'm working on on some new Prints that have nothing to do with music, uh, you know, because I also sell, you know, artwork by itself. So I've got a bunch of stuff in the in the works, which I'm hoping, you know, in 2024, I can start finishing it up and, you know, producing it, getting it out there. It's, like been, it's been kind of a wild year. I, I've, I've, I want to get back to doing stuff, but life is throwing a lot of curveballs at me this year. So I'm kind of juggling between doing art and music and, uh, you know, just dealing with life situations
0: sure and i'm sure it's a tricky balance because you're if you're like a lot of people where you're using art and music as a kind of catharsis for dealing with life situations but then you also have to like put that aside to like deal with life situations then it can be a tricky thing to like balance or whatever it's
1: really tricky because everything's really intertwined
0: Mm -hmm. because i work
1: myself you know i I have my screen printing business uh and I, i do design work and then you know I have my art and music and then life situations. So, yeah, it's all intertwined. So a lot of times the art and music gets put to the side. And, uh, you know, I've, I'm kind of at the point where I've had enough of that. Uh, I've been putting it to the side a lot. So I'm like, I just need to jump back into this because I'm not getting any younger. And mm-hmm. uh, times is going on. So I got to I got some more, more things in me that need to come out
0: is the stuff you're putting out, uh, Sinking Body stuff or something else? Or do you feel like talking about it? Uh, musically, yeah. I, well, I just did a little tour with uh, Dream Mega, which is Joel
1: from the band Landed. We went out for eight days. That was really good. kind of inspired me to get back into doing music. Because so I hadn't done Sinking Body in almost seven years is when I last played out live. And I never really thought of it as a live project but uh, it was mostly a recording thing, but then I would get asked to play and I've I've done some live events and uh, I I had a good time this time out though. uh, So it kind of inspired me to work on that more. So a lot of stuff I was experimenting with live. I want to start recording it. I mean, I also have hours and hours of stuff recorded that just needs to be finished. Right. I've got a lot of stuff like art and music. I've got so much unfinished stuff kind of like my life. Everything's unfinished. you know. It's like the house I'm living in, it's a work in progress. There's like holes in the wall and things. That they, you know, parts of it are really nice and other parts are just torn apart. So I guess it all, it's, you know, kind of encapsulates, you know, the way I live.
0: Is it the sort of thing where having multiple things going on at once kind of helps you, like be, being able to like bounce back and forth, like it kind of helps you not like burn out on one thing? Or is that even an intentional choice
1: no it's not intentional it's just the, w- the way it happens and i guess sometimes it it while i'm working on one thing sam I, I i have a project like on the house i have to get done that's when my need to do uh art or music it, it it comes on even stronger i think i want the thing you know like what is it that you want the thing that you can't have so mm-hmm. you know i'm working on on a, on like you know printing project that i'm just like oh i'd rather be home working on music or art i've got that's when the ideas come to me so i guess i guess it's kind of good in a way that like i do get inspired for things that i want to do while i'm doing things that i don't want to be doing but then on the on the other hand i'll be working i'll have time to like oh this is my time to go work on art or music and then i just get distracted Mm -hmm. and Oh, what a mess this place is, and I feel like cleaning the house. So I don't know. I think I have some sort of ADHD, which I actually uh, I was diagnosed with ADHD a couple of years ago. I, I saw I saw someone, and they're like, "Oh, you've got ADHD," but don't worry about it. Everybody's got it. Yeah, so, I have it. Every yeah, a lot of people have it. But yeah, I'm always pulled to, towards the thing that I shouldn't be doing. Like, oh yeah, I got to work on this, but oh, that looks more enticing. Right. And, but somewhere in the, in there, I, I find, I, I, I connect things and it all, it comes together when it has to.
0: Right. You get things done. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. Um, so I guess that may answer my next question is, do you have a creative routine of any sort, like a time of day that you try to do stuff for a certain hour or like when you do art versus you do music or whatever,
1: uh, no, I don't really have any kind of set schedule for that because uh, I kind of each day just sort of unravels as it unravels. Like I might say, oh, well, I've got, you know, three jobs I have to get done this week. And, you know, like maybe Thursday or Friday is the deadline. So I'll work on that a bit. And then usually in the evenings is when I'll sit down and, and mess around. But it's not really a dedicated like I'm doing this now. I'm just sort of like I just noodle. I mm-hmm. think I do a lot of. I do a lot of noodling and stockpiling. So if I'm working on the computer, I just like create things like files and stuff and save them and get back to them later. Sometimes I look at stuff from 15 years ago, this is, that's kind of the way I work. I guess I, uh, I'll just start little snippets of things and never finish them. And I can, so I have this source of stuff that I can go back and pull on, you know, pull out stuff later. Same with music. I've got all these files like, Oh, that's a nice little melody or riff or whatever. And, uh, so, but for a little bit, I was trying a thing where I was like, all right, I'm going to dedicate an hour each morning when I wake up mm-hmm. to something creative. And I enjoyed that, but somehow I didn't, it didn't last more than a couple of weeks. And I think I, I got to get back to that because I, I found that to be kind of, kind of good. You know, you wake up, you're, you're not thinking about a whole lot. You just go right to it.
0: Right. Yeah. You're in a more meditative sort of stance, I guess, at that at that point, so maybe it, it, it's a little clearer for some people.
1: Yeah, and I found it really good, but then again, I don't know why. It's just you know, this didn't this didn't last.
0: I'd like to ask you about what got you into both art and music to begin with.
1: Um, well, I always enjoyed visual things. Uh, I never really thought of myself as an artist. I guess until even recently, I just I would just do things artistically. I guess started with like, you know, playing in, in punk bands and uh, making flyers sort of, you know, we need a flyer needs mm-hmm. to be some artwork on it. So you just did things even like I'm not an artist, but I'll put a flyer together. Right. Uh, So I kind of crudely got into it that way. Uh, But I always enjoyed visual things, but like, a, you know, I never really thought of myself as, you know, one of those people. I was just like, yeah, I'm just trying to you know, means to an end. We need, we need to, to a, a gig, so here's a flyer. Mm-hmm. But uh, over time, I guess I got more into it and started seeing the artistic side of that. So, uh, you know, then I, you know, you started crafting and spending more time with it. You, you know, you have more of a vision instead of just slopping stuff down on paper and going to the copy shop,
0: right? Um, what about music?
1: And music, well, I always loved music, so I mean, you know, going way back, yes. Kind of got me on the on that on that train uh, back in like I guess second or third grade, you know, like the late 70s when I when I got a Kiss. Mm-hmm. A few years later, I guess by the time I was about 12 or 13, I got a guitar and uh, took a few lessons and played. And the, you know, most things were rock and roll based back then. And then you know when I discovered punk, I kind of let all that stuff go and uh, didn't really learn. You know proper technique i just sort of emulated punk music and, and i went that path and was like oh you can just write your own songs this is great
0: right um i'm curious when uh you were in men's recovery project specifically um just because there was such a high quantity of weird ideas in that band um just this to take it as an example the the track man-urinating, comma, laughter. (laughs) Where, you know, someone's peeing and then crowd behind him is laughing that was me what's that that was me peeing that was real that was real pee that was me yeah um well okay so that that i have more questions than i I even thought that i did but (laughs) so did you go into the bathroom and then did you just like record yourself urinating or did somebody follow you into the bathroom or was there a bathroom even involved uh there was a bathroom involved. Well,
1: actually that was done in a proper studio where we uh when we started recording Men's Recovery before we were recording our own stuff we went to a studio in uh Ocaquan, Virginia. Um and uh it was a nice studio. It was uh it was a 16 track studio. 1 inch tape I think. Anyway, uh yeah, we they had a nice bathroom. We went in uh for some reason Sam was like drink a lot of soda. I was like, I could have just drank water, but I just drank soda. It was like, we, we, we want a lot of urine. We want it to go a bit. And I don't know why I drank soda, because I hate soda, and I, I should have been drinking water. But we, anyway, we took a, a boom mic, put it in the bathroom over the toilet, and I just went in there and let it go. And it was recorded to tape. Professional.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wonder I wonder why. Yeah, I, I had never heard of soda giving you like a different kind of stream than just drinking a bunch of water or whatever, but there is that is a particularly strong stream in that in that song. So I guess it worked, whatever the case was. Yeah, um, it worked.
1: we we were young though. We did we weren't thinking, you know, water soda. What's it matter? It's liquid. Could it have been beer or orange juice? Anything?
0: Yeah, I mean, I just don't know because, like, you know, I drink a ton of coffee, and so like right like after I drink coffee. Or even sparkling water. I drink like a lot of Lacroix and coffee, and then after I drink those, I have to pee like practically immediately afterwards, like hard. But then if mm-hmm. I'm drinking just like straight up water, it's like a lot less intense. I don't know why that is exactly. If it's just something in the in the fizz with the with the sparkling water or the caffeine or whatever, but yeah, science. Yes.
1: Yeah, so anyway, that's that's uh, that was real pain, but the uh, the laughter was a backing track that we lifted off some. Uh, you know, one of those things with uh, whatever. One of those those things where you know sound effects, off a of sound effects CD, probably.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I assumed people didn't follow you into the into the bathroom and then just like laugh at you though. That would have been pretty awesome too. That would have been magical. Yeah. Um. But going back to my initial question and just using that as an example, it seems like based on just large quantity of weird ideas that would come up and how many, you know, like in the Golden Triumph of nikita still, I know it's like a, co- a collection, but how there's just like, you know, 60 different little like weird ideas yeah. on, one, on one disc or whatever. My assumption is that you would just have to have that brain, that part of your brain just like open all of the time, that like receptacle, so that like if you just hear somebody urinating or hear yourself urinating you'd be like hmm that would be because like you know i think you realize that that's not something that the average human being would think to put into a recorded track or if you hear the word like undigested food for instance undigested food undigested food undigested food you're telling me that food is undigested undigested food Undigested food oh. undigested food and then you're like, hmm I'm going to put that into into art. so I would assume you just have to be like thinking that way just like all the damn time in order to come up with these ideas is that like accurate or how how would you guys like create have this bucket of ideas ready to go? um well, I've always been a fan of absurd absurd
1: humor mm-hmm. Uh. And I guess I'm kind of wired in a way being self-employed. I'm not really employable. I, I didn't really fit in at, at jobs. So, like you know, they didn't last long because I would just look at things in an absurd way. And uh, my mind was those places. So I found when we were doing men's recovery project, you know, you just jot it down on a piece of paper. You know, something stupid pops into your head. Just jot it down on a piece of paper and then you be in the studio and be like oh yeah here's a bunch of stupid things uh you know and just try it out and so there wasn't a lot of thought that went into it just like you know here's a list of things uh, oh man urinating laughter I don't I Sam might have come up with that one I'm not sure but yeah we a lot of back and forth things just like you know you just say something a word pops into your head you just say the word and you know you're off and running you can just basically take anything you wanted to and just turn it into something that, you know, most normal people probably wouldn't conceive of. And uh, that sort of became the thing that it's like, yeah, like, why would you say, man, you're laughter? Like,
0: it's absurd. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just kind of like keeping keeping that open mind just like at all times. So if you have like a, a fun conversation with somebody about like, what if somebody was like laughing at you while you were peeing and they were like the light bulb. Goes off like oh! Not only should we, not only is that funny, but we should like commit to doing this like in a studio. That's what I like respect is like having those ideas, but then also being able to like see them through. I don't know if that is connected to your ability to like do home improvement or whatnot, but the the seeing through these ideas was that always like something that kind of came naturally to you. Not only having these weird ideas, but being able to like push them that far.
1: Yeah, there's something very satisfying about it because. It's like, yeah, you know, I don't think we thought we're taking some bold approach. It just A lot of it's just self-amusement. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, also like from, you know, you hear a snippet of conversation, you're walking down the street and two people are engaged in a conversation. But you just hear one person's voice say something and you have no context for it and you just hear something. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes that's kind of inspirational because then, you know, you just fill in the blanks. Like, what, what would they say before that and what went after that? But all you're all you're given is this one little phrase. Uh, And I kind of like that concept. You know, you don't have you don't really know where it's where it came from or where it's going. But like, here's here's this thing. And, you know, deal with it now.
0: I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, sinking body as well. By the way, is there any way that I can convince you to put sinking body material on? some sort of streaming service like title or whatever, or even something bandcamp-esque or, or should I go fuck myself?
1: Oh no, no, you don't need to fuck yourself. I can definitely, actually that was something I was supposed to have a bandcamp up and running before I went on tour. But you know, again, this great, it's been insane. I don't know. This year has been nuts. I just haven't had a chance to, but I've got a pile of that sitting right to my left of all that material. which I need to transfer and then I want to, you know, mastered a little bit and uploaded. It. So it's coming soon.
0: But I was curious, uh, with instrumental music as a sinking body is and the more abstract topics that come with the songs, I was kind of curious whether um, and I'm assuming there's not like an answer that's like this is how it goes, like all the time, but do you complete the music and then s- visuals kind of come to you? And then you title your songs or albums accordingly or do you think of the ideas first like how does that usually work
1: um well i us- I usually keep uh like well musically you know i i'll just sit down and like let things start to happen see where they go and sometimes if i like something i might try to like move it in a direction and develop it and then titles i keep a list of things that's what cell phone technology is good now. I've just got mm-hmm. lists on my phone of like, you know, I guess same way that like men's recovery songs would, you know, weird line would pop into my head. Same with uh, titling sinking body songs. You know, this something pops into my head, I'll jot it down. And I'll make no notes, like, you know, as to what it's for. So I have this list of stuff. Sometimes I'm like, I don't even know what, where this stuff came from, but you know, here it is. And then, as i'm working on music i might look at these lists and be like okay that works with that then i kind of like piece things together that way i don't usually have an idea like uh you know i don't come up with a title and then try to come up with music that fits to it i guess it's more like i just have this music and i've got a, a lot of uh a lot, lots of different words and and things and then i kind of like blend them together and sometimes the music i'll finish it and i'll look at a list of things i wrote down and i might you know say oh i like that but i also like that and i'll, I'll Change things around so everything's like can change on a on a you know on a dime. Just like I can make make things fit when I need to. It does. It all yeah. comes naturally.
0: Yeah, that's how I that's how I oftentimes work as well. Even with like either with writing over here on the left and then music over here on the right, or even if it's like writing and then other writing, like kind of like looking at like multiple like lists of things and then going, huh maybe this will this will work together. But then I know other people will have this really intense way of like listening to a song and then really capturing like the visuals or whatever, but the way you're doing it makes, makes perfect sense to me. Um, I
1: mean, aspect that's, that's different. Yeah. Like, so yeah, we were talking about uh, the music and titles and then the visuals, but yeah. So I guess the visuals, I sort of, if I'm working on like a sinking body visual, then I'll, I'll, I'll take into what the music I did and I'll try to like, I, I try to have that work more organically together. Mm -hmm. So I guess, I guess, I guess the music sort of, uh, you know, nods over to where, where the visuals are going.
0: What did you use recently, uh, when you were on tour, as far as like, what is your like live setup sort of look like?
1: Uh, I was playing, I've got an old Roland Juno 106, which I've had forever, which I used on most men's recovery stuff. I've got that. And, uh, Using a, a chord electribe for, for my like for drums and beats, old electribe, and then you know, just some random effects. I've got a little Moog synthesizer uh, that I use just for more like uh, generating tones, and, and I, I put it all through a mixing board. So I kind of like this mix in and out of things. I'll just like play you know, a beat and it's like, you know, let that go for a bit and mix mix in and out of things.
0: So kind of like you're going to have multiple things kind of going on a loop but then it's like, oh, the keyboard is going to come in here so I'm going to like turn this up over here and then turn this part down. Like you're kind of like, like the mixer is kind of like your main instrument while you're playing live.
1: Yeah, the mixer is very important because I'll I'll let some things run on a loop and then, you know, I'll have uh, some effects going. I've got some, some, uh, some outboard effects where, I, you know, I can like play with it, so it sort of changes a bit, and then I might start to fade that whole thing out while I'm bringing something else into it, into the mix, uh, mm-hmm. and then I'll do the, you know, kind of repeat that over. So the live aspect of what I'm doing is definitely different than the recorded stuff I do, because the recorded stuff, I spend more time, and it's more, you know, it's multi-tracked and overdubbed, but live, yeah. I can't do all of that. So sometimes I have, a like, a backing, a backing track that I can play over, and uh, I can you know affect it while I'm playing stuff and then you know fade it out and bring something else into it it's it's sort of like I'm kind of improvising when I when I play live I kind of improvise I've just got a very loose template of like songs I'd like to I guess recreate so I, I try to recreate them but so are, they're they're gonna be different when I play them live because I I can't you know do the I can't do live unless I had multiple people play and it's just me so mm-hmm. you know I kind of of recreate things. So the songs that you might recognize would be like, oh, that's a It it feels like that song, but it's going to be different.
0: What do you think is the key? Because like there's like live performance where that is pulled off like really well and in a powerful sort of way. And then there's other live performances where it just kind of sounds like a guy trying out pedals at a guitar center. And I'm curious, like what you think is like the key component for making that like a that kind of thing like a particularly good live performance
1: for making it a good live performance uh well i try not to think too hard about it because i'm playing i'm also i'm playing live stuff on it i'm just trying to feel it so like if i'm in my room and i'm playing alone you know i can sit here and listen to a loop for 20 minutes and enjoy it it's great but I'm like, if I if I go live and I do that same, if I stand there playing the, uh, something like that for twenty minutes, it's going to be boring. So I I don't want it to be boring. So I try to like, you know, add to it and play play live with it. So I I try to keep that live feel. I want I want it to feel more live than just like you know, playing pedals.
0: Right. Yeah. There's movement. There's there's more constant movement. I think is what I'm understanding. Yeah, I'm like very, that's kind of
1: I'm key. Playing live. I'm very engaged with it. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of it, uh, so I don't want things to go on for too long. If they do, I like to like bring in like subtle like little sweeps and delays and things but to sort of like give it movement.
0: Um, how did you become acquainted? Like, it, it, did you ever have stage fright? Was there ever anything that like prevented you from being a weirdo on stage that you had to kind of like? take an effort to overcome or did that always come naturally to you?
1: Uh, I don't know if I'm a natural performer, but I guess, you know, when you play in a band and you do it live, you, you you have to go out there and do it. So yeah, I would, I was terrified when I first started playing, like even in like hardcore bands, it was terrifying, but it's exhilarating. So you know, mm-hmm. I guess I kind of fed off of that. And uh, I've gotten better with stage right now, but it's weird when you go out there by yourself playing electronic music, and it, it's you're like, this is, yeah, this is weird. So I, I'd get a little rattled before I would I would do that. But this last outing, I felt confident enough. And I was like, I, I, I'm, I'm feeling this. I got this. And so I yeah. think it's sort of confidence. In the be- yeah, like playing, playing by yourself is different than playing in a band. But I don't know, maybe as I get older, I don't have the stage right the way I used to. But sometimes I would get really twisted
0: about it. But <laughs> you just deal with it. Well, I would imagine that like like with me and my experience like performing, it's like if you're doing some sort of like costume, so just like you with like the like the red mask or whatever that you'd wear back oh, yeah. in the day, where like that you kind of have an alias. You have like a superhero alias of sorts that's like kind of a shield from
1: oh, yeah.
0: being a yeah, that was the, that was your experience as well with that.
1: Yeah, putting that on changed everything it was yeah that was a total like transformation as soon as you know yeah yeah you might have some nerves before the gig but then when you go and you put on your mask and your little sweater we went through a period where we wore like little children's sweaters with masks and stuff And as soon as you get that outfit on you're you're in character and then you're just doing it and all all fear goes goes to the side where that mask come from anyway an old friend of mine, um, I when I lived in New York, she worked uh, as a dominatrix, and um, mm. that was just something that they had in the dungeon that she worked at. And um, I think I mentioned one of the, something about you know people wearing those, and she brought one home. And she's like, "Oh yeah, here you want this?" And I said, "Oh sure." So I had it for a few years before I even put it on uh, as a prop, but it just seemed like you know I think we wore it once for a photo session in uh, Men's Recovery Project. Uh, that we did and then it just became a thing I wore and it's kind of now it's like the iconic image you know for, for MRP
0: what was I what else was I going to say oh when you're um, recording what what kind of equipment do you use or software or what have you Um,
1: a lot of the old stuff was just done on straight up 4-track I had a nice Tech 4-track but that got stolen so then I got a nice task Cam. that's beautiful I still have that but then uh, I started getting the computers, and I was using uh, the Cakewalk, an old program called Cakewalk. That was hmm. old, and they became Sonar, and I think that company went out of business. So recently, I've been using uh, a program called Reaper. Okay, and it's fantastic. It's uh, it's a great price point, and it's a really like you know, it's a big community that supports it, that's uh, really into it, and it's like, I think for sixty bucks you have a lifetime fee it's like you know it's not like no no subscription stuff but like there's a really good community there and they update it all the time so it's a really good uh saw to use so that's why i've been using that for my multi-track
0: work um Um, do do you do midi at all or is it all you playing instruments yeah, yeah
1: yeah i do a lot of midi stuff um i haven't done much lately but A lot of old sinking body stuff was old midi stuff i would just you know come up with these little melodies and then i would just uh you know i run them through keyboards and drum machines and i i try to find the groove that that i'm feeling with whatever sounds i can come up with so yeah i've got i've got lots of midi tracks and then i can assign the instruments to them
0: later i find that it's it's a nice thing to do like it's a very like meditative thing to do with like midi where you don't even have to be holding an instrument necessarily but Like for me, like if I'm feeling just like anxious and overwhelmed, which is like most days, Mm -hmm. then like it feels very meditative to be like, I'm going to put put in this square here and then I'm going to put another one here and then I'm going to see what it sounds like if I drag in this synth or whatever. Like it just feels it, it feels like a very like mindless thing that's very calming. I don't know if that's the case with you, but MIDI like works like that with me very well.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it can be very mindless and it's incredible how you can spend 15 seconds and just kind of do a little scriggle scraggle on the computer screen and then you got like a neat little melody and then you start changing the sounds up and you're like, ah, oh, that sounds good and then you know you just have that and you can run it through effects later, loop mm-hmm. it and slow it down it's incredible. Uh, so that's uh, yeah, that's pretty much how I work.
0: Um, I wanted to ask you about your uh, visual art a little bit more. Let's say I'm a band and I'm like, hi, hi, Neil. Can you do album art for me? And you say, yes, let's, let's suppose that you're, you're into it. What then? Well, um,
1: I'll say, you know, is it a LP? Is it a t-shirt? What is it? And then, you know, if I'm not familiar with the band, I like to hear the music. Sometimes look at the lyrics just to get an idea. And uh, I'll spend a little bit of time with it. And, uh, you know, I'll sit down and start working on, you know, this is just sketching things out. Usually I go through a few iterations of something before I even like it. It's very rare I can sit down and, and do a design in one motion. Done it a few times. So satisfying. But, usually I'll, I'll i'll come up with like three different things before i i kind of nail it before i even show it to you and then see where you how you feel about it and most of the time people seem to dig what i throw back at them mm-hmm. so uh it's yeah it's, it's it's a weird one because you know i wanted to have my signature style and look cause that's obviously why they came to me but uh you know but i'm also trying to get into that mindset so i wanted i want them to feel good about it too i wanted i wanted i want it to be a good a good union so uh it's a it's a little bit of work it's not the easiest thing for me so i mean sometimes people will come to me and I'll, I'll say yes i say yes to a lot of things but then time gets in the way and it's like oh i actually can't meet your deadline i'm sorry and that's that doesn't make doesn't make me feel too good but i'm trying to be, do better with that kind of thing you know like if, if i say yes i i want to deliver so i've got i've got a few right now that i'm starting to lag on so i gotta get i gotta get cracking on that
0: stuff But i'm sure you know you get excited at the idea of things and so i'm sure that like you know later it can be like oh fuck i took yeah. on this much but then at the, at, the, at the beginning it's like you're you know you're excited and so you're you know you go forward with it more easily yeah, i class- guess
1: it's a classic cycle Mm-hmm. Oh yeah someone's interested in my artwork this is great yes i want to do it and then it's like oh you got plenty of time you've got like you know three months three four months i'm like oh yeah i got plenty of time and then it's like oh my god three months has passed and they're like hey how's that coming like i haven't even started it and you know and i'm like i gotta get working on it and then sometimes things get a little heated and i'm like oh but it's it's the cycle and then it's really it's nice when i can pull it off i'm like okay i'll sit down i'll just I'll dedicate you know a good chunk of time to it and i can then i can pull it off
0: um yeah i was i was curious because going back to what we were saying with like sinking body where it's like you have some ideas over here and some ideas over here verbal and then musical and then you kind of can put them together so i was kind of curious if you had images and then that you could like draw from or if it always came from scratch when this band asks you to do your to do their art, then you start from scratch from there, based on like what you get out of their music. Am I understanding that correctly?
1: Yeah, that's correct. And also, I have since I do have a, a a large pool of things I can I can uh, work from. I think, oh, I'll just go through the archives and find something that might fit. And I'll spend a lot of time going through stuff. I think it doesn't fit, so then a lot of times I just wind up creating something brand new anyway. Mm-hmm. But the process is, I don't mind that because then as I'm going through older things that I did, I'll be like, oh, I should put this back on the, you know, put this back on the table and I, I could, you know, reactivate this for, for something else. So I sort of get, you know, re-inspired by old things while I'm working on something new that's completely different. Part of that ADHD thing, you know, right. I'm supposed to be working on, on, on this person's album, but then I'm finding all this other stuff and I'm like, oh, this is be great for something else. Mm-hmm. So then I'm, I, I keep, I'm always, I can't focus. I have a, a focus issue. So, you know, <laughs> but I, I,
0: I, I get it. I, I managed to get it into the pipeline somehow. Um, how do you, how do you organize past ideas anyway? I meant to ask that earlier. Like, do you have like kind of a system for, for music and art as far as like that you can draw from, or is it like, you know, you accidentally come across this audio file in your phone and then you remember, oh, this is, this is pretty cool.
1: Some of it's like that. I have some things that are just like not really organized well, and I just like find them by chance. But then I've got a few old hard drives and stuff, and some of the stuff is dating back to uh, probably the '90s when everything was on floppy drives, on floppy disks. It's like a lot of MIDI files, floppy disks. And uh, a few years ago, I pulled out an old computer because I don't have a floppy drive anymore. That that had a floppy drive, and I transferred all my floppy disks onto a, a hard drive so now i've got all that stuff so every so often when i'm you know sitting around at night i might pull out the heart the hard drive and just go through it and, and see what's sitting around and uh sometimes i just enjoy it's like you know looking through a photo album you're like oh this brings back memories and then um sometimes i'll be like oh this is great I'll, I'll just put it I'll, I'll just put it into a new file like stuff to work on now now that old thing is current
0: I was, I was curious when you do sit down, whether it's for a band or not, or if it's just like your own art, do you have that image like kind of in mind as far as, far as like what you're going for? Or do you start composing something and then just like it ends up being whatever it is?
1: It can go either way. Like, you mean if a, if a band throws a, a record at me and they, they have the title? And some, sometimes a title might, I might immediately have an idea. Like, uh, I did like New Erections by the Locust, and I, I had an idea right away, like just the title, you know, and they, they gave me an idea of, of what they were going for. But it, that one came together, like, always, I almost—I had that one visualized pretty much right away. Mm. Uh, and then, then I had spent a lot of time developing it. So sometimes things will pop into my head immediately, but some things I have to like, you know kind of go through a whole bunch of uh, versions before I arrive at something that I think makes sense with what they w- might want.
0: Why do you mean just for like your like individual art as well, like unrelated to bands, like whether you have like set ideas going into it as far as like how you want it like hashed out or whatever.
1: Oh, my own stuff. Um, I have I've got a few different ways that I work. Sometimes I just draw shapes and then just play with the shapes and see where they go. You know, I do a lot of work in the in the on the computer, so you know, I might just collage a few shapes together and then shade them in different ways, and then apply some filtering, and then just see where it starts to go. And I might like one little part of it, and then I might zoom in on that part of it, and then that becomes a piece that like I didn't really see until I got there. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's the way it probably comes together. Like, I just sort of let things happen, and then I then I focus on it. I'm able to focus, because I don't often start off with an idea. With my own art, yeah, it's very rare that I start off with, with, with like, a clear idea. Occasionally, um, I have an idea where I, I, I'm, like, it's very loose, and I try things out. And I'm like, that doesn't work. But then, oh, I see something else in it that, that's working, so then, you know, one, one loose idea that I had didn't work out, but then something brand new came from it.
0: Do you have any idea why you gravitate towards certain shapes? Or even Uh, what your favorite shapes are like, like more often than not, like circles come up or whatever. I really like tubes.
1: I don't know why.
0: Yeah, you do. Don't you?
1: I have a thing for tubes. Even like, even in real life, I like, I enjoy looking at plumbing. And you know, if I if I see a building that's got like, you know, ductwork coming out of it, I, it just appeals to me. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe I should see a, a you know, see someone about that. But <laughs> I, 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 I'm
0: a, I, I like tubes, ducts. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if you like researched that, like just even just through Google or whatever, what would come up. Maybe someone
1: who's who, who will listen to this podcast will look into it for me and let me know what's wrong with me or,
0: you know, they'll analyze it for me. I'll let you know. I'll let you know if anybody if anybody <laughs> reaches out. For, that's an open invitation to anyone listening. I was interviewing for this podcast, the poet Matthias Felina, and he was like kind of talking about how. Because, um, you know, there's there's the kind of art or writing, whatever, where you're not really sure why you're doing a certain thing or you're not certain that like themes are coming up. But then like after the fact, like this has happened with me when I've kind of compiled like a collection of things where there's like a theme that comes up and I realize what the meaning is of that. But then like other times, like I was talking about with him, like the certain collection of words might like resonate, but then he doesn't even know why it just kind of feels like autobiographical, but it's not like literally autobiographical. If that Mm -hmm. makes sense, I don't mean to sound high, but that is like what we were like uh, talking about. And so I was curious with you whether like after the fact, well, okay, so do you go into music or art with some sort of like manifesto in mind and like something that you want to convey some sort of idea Um, or do you have those ideas appear to you after the fact? Or option three, you don't even know after the fact what those ideas are, but it just kind of like resonates, kind of like the tubes thing that you were talking about. I'm sorry, I just said a lot of words, but did did that all track?
1: Yeah, um, I guess. Let me see. So, like, it resonates. I guess I can't escape the the things. Sometimes when I'm working on something, I'm I'm not quite sure if it fits my style because i do occasionally deviate uh and i'm like where is this coming from this style but then as i develop it i guess i can't help it always comes back to this thing that does does look like me so i guess i do have a style um but i guess where i like to go with this stuff is i don't know maybe it's like a, a science fiction kind of thing it's just stuff that's kind of fantastical um I don't know, like I have a thing, I guess you know, like landscapes, tubes and desolation. It's like a I don't know, like a, just a futuristic dystopian kind of wasteland thing that appeals to me.
0: Was there a particular artist or artists who kind of inspired that kind of monstrous desolate sci-fi style that's like your signature?
1: Um, well, I think one of the first artists that really resonated with me was, uh, Magritte. But even though I, my stuff doesn't look like Magritte at all, uh, but that kind of inspired me. I like where, where he was coming from and, and Max Ernst is, hmm. was a big influence on me when I started doing things. I was collaging, and then I then I discovered Max Ernst, and I was like, oh, I, I kind of see a similarity there. So I really kind of gravitated towards Max Ernst, and then Eve's Tangy is another one who uh I just like the way he did landscapes and, and sci-fi
0: like that like so those are like kind of like probably three of my favorite favorite artists who, who inspired me. I'm not, I'm familiar with Max Ernst, but not the other 2 I'll, and I'm not that familiar with Max Ernst, so I'll have to check out all three of those. Yeah. East Taggy. Uh, that came out. Fantastic. Do you mainly do stuff like digitally now, or do you still do a lot of stuff by hand with non-digital materials?
1: I guess I've I've gotten um I don't know if lazy is the word, but it's convenient to work in the digital format. Cause um I but I really want to get back to doing physical things. I mean, you know, when I do screen printing in my shop, a lot of stuff there is is done physically, but that's more of a mechanical thing uh, versus artistically. Most of my artistic things are, are, are uh, I work in the computer. I might scan things or, you know, sketch things out, scan them, and then take them into the digital realm and, and, and finish it. Uh, it's also a matter of space. I don't really have the space for a desktop and to have like collage stuff all over the place. I've got four cats here. And they would make a mess of that, but um, yeah, most stuff is digital these days.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, I, I, I mean, yeah, there is something really satisfying about like you know doing stuff with more organic materials or whatever. But then also, like, Kenny, what you were saying with like cats, like I lose things or spill stuff on things just like all the time, and it's nice to just like have stuff in like Google Docs or whatever. Like, it's just, it's it's just convenient. Yeah. So yeah, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um Well, yeah. What were you, what else were you going to say?
1: Oh, no, I mean, I've got I've got like a whole file cabinet just sitting over there full of stuff I used to clip out. Uh, that's the thing. Yeah, I used to love doing it. Like you see an ad, sometimes it's like, "Oh yeah, I like the teeth on that person or or this person's eyes," so I just like cut all these things out. So I've got like, you know, a whole cabinet full of that kind of stuff. And every so often I'll pull that stuff out and then I wind up scanning it. And manipulating it digitally. Um, so I guess there's a bit of that, but like as far as full assembly, I, I haven't done any kind of full assembly analog art in a long time. And uh I've been thinking to myself, I gotta I gotta change that. Because it's nice, it's satisfying to like cut things out and actually paste them together.
0: Sure. Um what are you doing with the rest of your day? Today, uh well, my birthday is tomorrow. Happy birthday. Thank you. I'm going to be 55. <laughs> are, you doing, are you doing anything to celebrate?
1: Uh, I'm going to go on a hike with my wife. Um, and uh, we like to do birthday hikes. And then tonight, i just going to go out Uh, have an early birthday dinner. So that's, that's, that's what's happening later. So, so we'll be getting home in a few hours. We're going to go out and go to a Japanese restaurant and have an early birthday dinner. And then tomorrow, do a hike. And, uh... That's it. Take it kind of slow.
0: Okay. Well, have fun. Do you have anything else you want to say? Do you have any questions for me? Anything that you want the uh, millions and millions of listeners of this podcast to to know about you?
1: Uh what's to say? Well, I don't know. Um, I guess, well, I'm hoping that 2024 is a year where I really start to, Turn things out like i said i was I want to get my band camp together i got some new recordings uh i want to remaster all my old stuff i'd kind of like to get that onto one source like a cd or something all the old sinking body stuff because it's just kind of scattered all over the place now and i haven't done anything in so long so i'm going to work on on maybe getting all that stuff compiled and put together uh so that could be like one release because that would encapsulate that whole era because and then uh it. Or, it's good because I want to start doing new stuff. So I figure if the old stuff kind of got a, a, a proper release together, it would be kind of like, you know, nice time capsule. Here's here's what I was doing, you know, 30 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, and then the new stuff going mm-hmm. forward. So I'm working on that. And then, uh, you know, I've got some recording projects that I'm working on with uh, uh, Bill
0: Nace. Him and I have got a, a, think a few things we're working on together and has, uh has, has that has he been in other who who's bill nace has he been in other bands i'm assuming
1: yeah he's uh he's been around a long time he's uh more of a, he's like an experimental he does a you know treat, plays a treated guitar and he plays a, a taji goto these days
0: uh he plays in bodyhead okay uh, i've seen, i've seen that name on your website but i didn't uh I, I i didn't put together who that was but yeah that's cool
1: yeah, he does a lot of, uh, you know, he, he he does a lot of duos with people, you know, who, who get together and, you know, do imp- improv stuff. Yeah. So him and I are doing stuff. I've, I've been playing guitar with the stuff I do with him. Uh, What else do I got planned? I mean, I just want to try to, like, uh focus and finish. Getting my focus together for 2024 is important. And if, if I can focus a little bit more, uh, I'll get Amen. a lot done. Because I got, uh, the, my 30s was a, was somehow, that was a good, a great decade. Like my mid-20s to mid-30s, mid, mid-20s mid to late-30s. I don't know how, but I was really prolific, did a lot of things. And uh, I was able to just focus and get it done. And then I think when I bought a house, everything changed. That's when things went sideways. And then, then everything artistically got pushed to the side. So I'm like, you know, trying to crawl back in, into that world.
0: Just because you were like spending more time on like building and what and whatnot or
1: working on the house. Yeah. Like I said, the house was a mess. So like I just got that it was all consuming. So it just killed all uh creative drive.
0: Yeah. So um you know, easing
1: back into that now.
0: Well, I just wanna say your work has been a very important source of good for me in my life over, over the last couple of decades. I don't know if that's awkward to say oh, no, to somebody. But hearing
1: that. Thank you.
0: I want, no, thank you. That's, that's, that's what I'm, that's, that's, uh, that's what I wanted to say with this time. So yeah, thank you for all of that. And yeah, thank you for, thank you for talking to me today. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you please consider setting up a small monthly donation at patreon.com backslash the creative curmudgeon or consider making a one-time donation at venmocom backslash the creative curmudgeon. Until next time, so long.